Welcome to, and when I say I mean, this is your co-host Adrian. And your other co-host Austin. Yes, and today we are going to be looking at uh, an article that somebody had sent to me probably almost a year ago now, and I just remembered it because of the Google Doodle for, I don't know if it's still there or if it was just the other day, but the Google Doodle was... all the time. Yeah, well, it was this one two days in a row, actually. I was kind of surprised. Um, unless it was just an an error, but anyways, the Google Doodle for earlier this week was celebrating fifty years of kids coding, and I thought that was kind of interesting, um, and really wasn't sure what it was talking about because I didn't even really think about coding being around for fifty years, let alone having children do coding. Um, anyways, that reminded me of an article that I was talking about earlier about. Uh, the next big blue-collar job is going to be coding. I um, thought that was an interesting topic. Um, and now we're going to discuss it a little bit. Um, I guess my my thought when I was reading the article was that a lot of my job right now is coding. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really consider my manufacturing engineering job as a blue-collar job. So, I don't know. I, and I guess this this article was kind of pointing to the future, but that was kind of my first impression. Um, I am fittingly working on a coding assignment right now. Uh, so, my job uses coding, but that's, just, that's not my job. Um, and I don't think of myself as a blue-collar worker either. But, and that, like, I don't think we are. Um, so, or I guess they're, they're saying like, they, they compared it to a skilled Chrysler worker in the article. So is that like a machinist or someone who, um, monitors the assembly line? I don't know what goes on in car plants. So, yeah, I'm not really sure either. Um, which is kind of surprising since. I am an engineer, but not all engineers are interested in do stuff with cars, if you didn't know that. Um, But anyways, I found it interesting, the Google Doodle also, which is kind of fun actually, has a a game where essentially is coding in a in a game form. So you like have to like maneuver this rabbit around to eat the carrots. Um, And at first I was like, well, this is kind of really simple. How is this anything like coding? But then it like went from really simple to kind of advanced when it decided to throw the loop in, um, or, or, which essentially is the entirety of coding when you really get down to threw it. Threw you for a loop. <laughs> yes, it threw me for a loop. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to think about how not only – is coding a major part of our jobs now, even though neither of us, well, I guess your degree was, you had a minor in, or whatever, in computer. Uh, concentration. Yeah, whatever that means. Um, yet we're still finding ourselves doing a lot of coding, which seems seems to be the trend of a lot of jobs, and what this article is getting at is that we're going to see a lot of coding. In the well, I don't know. It's 
seeing a lot of like everyone having to do coding and it being the new blue collar job is different. In what way? Like, I mean, people who who work in an office. So, like, let's imagine. Uh, okay, let's not imagine we're in Mad Men, but let's imagine we're in a, the '60s or something, and we work in an office and we do whatever people who work in offices do. They're not the blue collar workers of their time, and they don't use the skills that are the blue collar jobs in their job. Like, I I think it's more likely that just everyone would use coding. Um, and I, I don't know. I also don't. What does it mean to be a blue collar job? Right. I, I think that's kind of where the article kind of has its shortcoming, right? It doesn't really define a blue-collar job other than what we already have in our mind. Um, right. And so I think to your point, I think it's it's more like it's more like coding will be like the word processor. Yeah, it's or, like the or, like people get Excel and Word certified when we were in high school, which I always thought was silly. So I'm not Word or Excel certified. But you have to be able to use Word and Excel to function in like any job mm -hmm. that you sit in front of a computer and do office type stuff. Right. Um, I think that's going to be coding of the future. Right. And so it's less of, it's less of the blue collar, but more of like, this is what it's it's more of like this is what the white collar is going to look like it's like the necessary it's like the prerequisites for white collar jobs right to me right as opposed to like it being like a selective oh we have one guy in our office who does the coding right right it's we have an IT guy right it's going to be everybody has it in the same way that everybody knows how to use Microsoft Word and Excel. Did there used to be only one person who could do that? I mean, even even where I am working right now, even though everybody kind of does coding, there's still really kind of a select few who will do like work with um, C Sharp or some of the some of the other like coding languages like that. Um, no, I'm talking about word processors. Like, word was it ever the time where one... I guess you have typists. Like, you have dedicated typists. Right. And, and then, that's not a job anymore. Right. And, like, they, there was a time, too, when you not everybody had a computer at their desk. Right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about definitely... I mean, there's still just, like, one IT guy per right, right. school or something. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I disagree with the article, um, in that sense, like there's not going to, there's going to be more and more coding jobs. So I think what it should be saying or what it's trying to say is that if there's like a middle workforce, it's going to be people maintaining code. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something I could believe. I was trying to, to figure out like what's just going to happen to all the other blue collar jobs, right? Like, okay, if 
what what has to happen in order that all these jobs are replaced with like coding based jobs so i'm thinking of like things like automation like you have robots doing things and so then the blue collar job in a sense or what this is talking about is you're going to have people who are coding the robots and troubleshooting and doing that but it still seems like there's a lot of traditional blue collar jobs out there that aren't going to necessarily be ever replaced by something that requires coding like what give it give me an example i don't know like manual labor like construction like am i Hmm. i I guess you could have a machine that is paving the highway and that needs to be maybe i don't know maybe i'm just not thinking different Right. <laughs> um, no, I can agree with that, but there's just going to be there's going to be less of less and less jobs that are like middle of the line jobs. Right. It's almost like it's almost. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the whole. That's kind of the. It's not the point of teasing, I think economics but it's kind of the result the mm-hmm. the labor the wit jobs for labor go where the labor is cheap which isn't here um and then those yeah those people kind of get uh hung out to dry because the point is uh both jobs and people are supposed to be flexible and move to where markets are the best but you're not going to have like a family move from the middle of the US to to China because that's where jobs that they're most skilled are for so I think yeah I think what they're trying to say is coding is a way to adapt and you can you can do it quickly if if you're motivated um to like a decent proficiency um coding is a way to re-enter the market i guess or re-enter the workforce um so i still think it's it's different than i guess being a machinist requires an education but not all not all blue collar jobs need education all programming jobs would need some additional education at least so and i mean it would would that look different than just like on the job training i mean could you i don't know in theory just have on the job training that is learning a coding language uh yeah you could um yeah right i'm thinking Yeah, I think you could do something like that. I mean, there's definitely going to be more involved. So, for example, thinking about our time working in the factory, making Mm -hmm. candy. Like, all the training we got was on the job training. We didn't come in with any, you know, special degrees in chocolate making. (laughs) We just (laughs) learned everything there. Yeah. So, I mean... In a but, way, it seems like 
coding is more advanced than the things that we were doing. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the hardest thing that we were doing when we were at Reese's is just, like, picking up wafers. Like, anyone anyone can do that and be good at it in a day if you're trying it all. Um, good is kind of a relative term, but I would be surprised if someone could be good at programming in a day. Um from having starting with no background because there's just a lot of groundwork that needs to be done. I mean, you've like, you've, you've kind of been picking things up all your life. So it's not that big of a jump. You haven't been programming all your life. So it's more of a jump. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just a, it has to be different. There's got to be more investment in training. And from my experience in a, in a blue-collar job, which granted was limited, uh, they are not very interested in investing in training. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not like, well, and especially because our job was literally a temp position. Um, yeah. But... But yeah, you if you're that's the thing with training, right? You have to you're hoping to get out essentially more than what you're putting in, right? At least from a business perspective. Um and so by spending the time to train people in this, you're hoping that they don't just say, "Okay, I'm done after, you know, a month or 6 months even." Right. Um where you essentially kind of have wasted that training. Whereas for us, working at Hershey is like three months maybe. And by that time, like they're not going to waste more than a day or so training us before they put us out on the floor. Right. Uh, yeah, a day. And then it's like, oh, something's wrong. Just do it. You don't, like, you can't, I mean, Google exists, so you can kind of fake coding oh you can definitely of... fake coding well uh, i don't I, I i still think you can't fake coding as much as you can being on an assembly line no it's true it's true um and as for as much as my coding has just been googling things and how to do things you still have to yeah, it, it's it's a different kind of thought process, right? It's not just like, okay, here, we're just doing this, this, and this, taking pieces of candy off the line. Rather, you, you still have to put a little more thought into it. A little more, yeah. It's, right. uh, it's much easier to not pay any attention at all to what you're doing when you're on the line than it is when you're coding. So, so then I guess kind of a better way of, of – it's almost like there's a step in between – there could be a step in between like this blue collar and white collar that – or or else it's, it's – where I there – And there, there always has been, right? right. It kinda, it, like to me it would be more like 
a trade job, kind of. Which they do talk a little bit in the article about. Like plumbers and electricians, they, uh, no one, no one's gonna jump into that job and know what they're doing right out of the gate. Um, and like they are blue collar jobs, but they're not like they're not factory jobs, right? You well, and you need a lot of training before you right, can go right. into those. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so, I guess. Yeah, I, like as a technician, I guess I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about economics. Um, uh, I do know some things about programming, but yeah. What I, how I wanted to derail this because the the pitch was just programming in general. I wanted to talk about uh, neural networks and um, what deep learning. Is deep learning like an abdication of actual learning? Okay, before we derail that even, Great. before we go there, which we can do, um, just one last thought. I do think it is going back to the Google Doodle and what it's talking about of like getting kids programming at younger age and, and all that. I think that is good. I think it is yeah. like good and important that we continue to have people in middle school, high school, even elementary school doing coding projects and getting used to it because it is so pervasive in jobs. Yeah. Um, even, yeah, jobs where you didn't think you were going to be coding. Um, it, it's so pervasive and, and having some knowledge of it is going to be helpful uh, moving forward for sure. Right. To me, it's, it's like a language. Uh mm. You're, maybe you're not going to use it every day, um, but it's it's good to learn, just so you're you're able to understand some of what's going on. Right. So in in our high school, we were required to take was it a, like a Microsoft class or something like a typing class? Even did you do that? Uh, oh, I did take a typing class. Yeah. So. So I guess my question is before we go down the rabbit trail, do you think so and then computer programming was like an elective class that you could take in high school. Do you think that should be moving more into a requirement, a required class or we should be putting coding into maybe our Microsoft or Excel classes or still should be still should be an elective? Um, I think it's so. I don't think it is pervasive enough to be a requirement. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to like bias everyone to be like, oh, you'll never get a job unless you're a programmer. Right. Um, which is. I felt like when we were in school, it's like you'll never get a job unless you're an engineer. So, like, I value non-engineering and programming enough to say if people want to do those things and they are passionate and good at those things, do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't force people 
to do something they don't want to do. Um, if we get to a point in the future where, which I don't actually think we will, um, because of programming, like I think automate, automated programming will take over before we get to the point where programming is like typing, hmm. where it's just a skill everyone needs to have to be able to mm -hmm. like function in a business yeah. environment. Yeah. Or like a corporate environment. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to get to that point. Yeah, just That's because fair. everyone's, people are trying to get programming to do itself. Um, if we do get to the point, it should be a requirement. Um, but I don't, I don't think we will. And I, yeah, making things a requirement says a lot about values. So languages are a requirement, but no one values those. So, Right. I feel like looking back, if I would have taken computer programming in college instead of taking Spanish, I would have fared a lot better. I, I was, yeah, I was not required to take any language course in college. Right, right. I guess, yeah, I did. I wasn't in middle school either, or elementary, whatever. High school. High school, either, but I did. There was a guy in our high school who always said programming should count as a language course. Was that um, Alex Pierce? No, that was John. Oh. No one, uh, no one took him seriously, though. Well. In that. People took him seriously in other things, but... <laughs> Now we're talking about it, so. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, segue into whatever you were talking about earlier that I wasn't really paying attention to slash yeah. understanding. So, um, I was in a talk about uh, using neural networks to segment um, imaging data for automated cars. What so, is a neural network? A neural network is, that's like the hot new programming thing. So um, if you if you want to do programming and you want to be on the, the hot the cutting edge, edge. Uh, go into deep learning or just say deep learning a lot and everyone <laughs> will be like, oh, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> um, if you're writing a paper, boom. Throw Deep that learning. in. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically you take a training set. So, uh, for example, you have a bunch of images of a cityscape. Uh, you throw them into your neural network and you say, I want you to give me these outputs. And you do that enough times and it's changing its internal parameters until it's matching the output. And then you're like, oh, good work, son. I've trained you and you, you're learning now. Um, like a child, right? So that's why I called it son or daughter. It could mm -hmm. be daughter, child. And then you give it something new and you, it has to deal with that. But hopefully its parameters are good enough that it's set. It has learned. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, so question. Mike, yeah. Is this kind of like IBM's Watson? Mm, I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe I thought Watson was coded by not itself, but I I could be wrong. No, no. Oh, okay. So then I guess I'm I'm still kind of misunderstanding the idea. So basically, it's not like it's it's not like you're feeding it information and then it's learning from that and then it's changing how it responds but rather it's physically rewriting i'm i'm thinking of it more of an input output thing as opposed to like an input reparameterize then output type thing yeah um like if you're familiar with people talking about um software being black boxes Uh, we refer to, I mean, we refer to like things that work. Essentially, it's just a command prompt window that does something yeah. special behind, behind everything, and you can't really see what it's doing. Right. Exactly. So, neural nets are basically the, the perfect black box, where even the people who trained it don't know what's going on, uh, because they don't have to. It just mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, that gets to my question, is deep learning an abdication of actual learning? Um, abdicate, if you're unaware, means to, to give up, uh, okay, so normally it means to like give up a throne if you're, um, say, Edward, I think, and you're in the King's Speech and yeah. you want to marry a commoner, you abdicate, and then you can do that. Um, so Pretty good movie. We're here, and programming is hard. Uh, learning things is hard. So we're just going to say, if it gets the right answer, it gets the right answer. Okay. And then do whatever we want. And then the neural network can do that. I know that's an out, like that's a oversimplification of things by me, um, and I'm sure people who actually do deep learning would just strongly disagree with me. Uh, but that's kind of ha- that's how things seem, especially to me as like as a scientist. I guess I'm a scientist now, um, as like a getting there scientist. That seems very, like, wrong to me. Where, to me, the, the point of doing research, right, is to learn more things about the world. Um, I guess if you want to do something that makes you a lot of money, so, and I don't want to sound like anarchist, like, communist down with the man uh down with corporations maybe i do want to sound like that actually no not communist but it's like if you make if you want to just make money then fine you cannot understand things but doesn't that defeat the 
the whole like it's not research to me right because you're not trying to actually understand things so so how does this work i I still don't really understand because right. doesn't you're, you're on board then so doesn't um doesn't there take some kind of programming or understanding to be able to create this neural black box yeah and so it's not like you're completely not knowing what's going on, or am I misunderstanding? Um, so you would have, um, I think they're called metaparameters that you tune um, to, to help with the learning or to try to optimize the learning rate. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know the actual parameters of the the neural network so after, it's, it's, after it's done training. So I'm going to try to continue to under, try to gain understanding of this. So mm-hmm. say I am say I am um, playing a sport. Okay. And um, my goal. I'm trying to think of let's let's say basketball because I'm not good at basketball. So I'm trying to shoot the ball into the hoop, mm-hmm. and I take a shot from the free throw line, and I miss. Yep. yep. Now they pass me the ball, and I am still at the same exact spot, taking the same exact shot. But now, based on the knowledge that I have just gained, based on, because of the shot that I missed. I can make yep. small adjustments in the force and the angle of my arm and many things that are happening without my knowledge yep. in order to make the next basket. Is that kind of what's happening? Yeah. Um, it, it, right, it's called a neural network, so it's very um, biology-inspired. Mm-hmm. So um, then, okay. So then, So that sounds like a good thing to me. But then I guess what you're getting at is then instead of just feeding in natural responses and whatever, playing basketball, you're feeding it in information from the world. And there, and out of that, it's, it's taking that and making decisions and processes based on something, what it has determined. And yeah, how we, it's determined is the best way to do it. Right. And regardless of whether it doesn't, we don't even, the question you're asking isn't even whether or not this thing is making the right decision. It's assuming it's making the right decision and finding the correct answer. Um, is that then a good way to go about life? Um, is that a good summary of your question? Yeah. Um, and I, like, it depends on what you want to do. Right. Um, like if so, you're if you're fine with things working, I mean that's kind of how humans work, right? Right. We we don't know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're not choosing to make changes. Right. But um, yeah. My my question is: Is that a good way to try to learn anything? I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. I, I, and I think that that is a that is a poor application of that technology. Would be to try to learn things. How I'm kind of seeing it 
I mean, I work in a a manufacturing situation, and I'm thinking about it on like that being used in the manufacturing setting. Um, thinking there's so many different things that you could think about. You could think about how do we process, you know, parts going through the shop. Um, which parts have the most pri- highest priority? Which one's the most important? Which one needs to be run um, so that we can meet our demands from our customer? Also, you can think then look at like automation that we're trying to get in- into is like, okay, how can we make this better? If a robot is grabbing something, can it? Can the robot learn itself and 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 fix itself essentially, as opposed to having us telling it exactly what to do? So those type of things sound really good and really cool to me. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm trying to think about it and if I'm trying to use it to learn things like I don't even like sociological questions or even like even scientific discoveries to some extent, but especially sociological I think is definitely a flawed um, a flawed thing. Whereas like you have a robot and a machine, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty one way there. But when you have, as, as soon as you start inputting like people, yeah, you're, you're going to have, it, it, it completely crumbles to me. Um, because I mean, you look at, you look at, um, our daily interactions, um, even the people that I have interacted with for, you know, every day and I have, my brain has been doing this where it can, it's getting information, making thoughts and, and figuring out, okay, how's this person going to act? That person can still act in a way that's different than what I think they're going to do. Um, and so to me, it doesn't seem like a, a good way to learn things about people in society when, it's so nebulous almost. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get back to uh, labor. So I, yeah, I'm sounding more like a communist when I say labor. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get back to that. So, right, these, these are great at optimizing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, at the, at the cost of, like, humanity, it, it seems to me like, that's, that seems like it sounds extreme when I say it, but I'll try to explain it. Like, I was watching a video about um, why jobs are bad. Um, and it, so, and this gets back to the, the void, not all jobs, some jobs, the void mm-hmm. of, like, good middle education level jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those are going other places. So, the jobs... The more, the more jobs that are being created are ones that either need more education or less education. Right. So the ones that need less education are bad. Um, they're not great jobs. Uh, but people are still trying to make as much money as they can. And now that they have algorithms to optimize their costs, it hurts the people who are, who are there trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the cool thing right now is to not actually have any employees. Um, Uber, for example, right. has only independent contractors that work for them. Uh, and those independent contractors kind of get screwed mm-hmm. a lot. Um, 
or other people like them or like part-time workers who now their their hours are determined by an algorithm and not their lives or uh, they actually need money. Um, mm-hmm. It's about now it's about how the company can optimize its and like stabilize its income by destabilizing um, the hours. Right. <laughs> Sports workers. Bless Sorry you. About that. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I'm just cautious about most things, but I'm cautious about the the push for more coding and optimization because mm-hmm. is is like to optimize society the best one and like right. what does it even what does it even mean to be optimized right and if we're if we're letting things that we kind of control make decisions about those things is that is that the best way forward uh, I don't mm-hmm. really think it is right and and ba- essentially kind of yeah what it's getting to is like what's more important here is is what is it about the money or is it about the people essentially um which or from a scientific perspective is it about learning or is it about doing things really fast right and and so like yeah it's it's such a like terrible conundrum to be caught in the middle of i mean in a lot of ways it seems obvious right it seems like oh yeah like first priority should be the people first priority should be learning but then like on everything even even in this best case scenario right like you're still going to be trying to make more money so that you can give that to the people right like and then how does that where does that balance and then how does it run away and then you're the only company who's trying to help out the people and then you just get left in the dust you don't make because money, right <laughs> right um so yeah it it definitely seems like something to be cautious about but if i could guess based on the trends of the entirety of history it's probably not going to be that great? I don't know. What's not going to be that great? This idea of optimization and just destroying the worker for the money that the boss can make. Right. Yeah. uh, People talking about like futurists, right? Um, Who talk about what coding is going to bring us. They sound very utopian to me. Like in a, in like a Hegelian sense of being utopian, if Mm. that means anything to anyone other than me. Um, (laughs) uh, and that seems naive to me. Um, like since the 1600s, everyone says things are going to, inevitably get great and we're just 
we're right on the cusp of everything being great. And things are getting, like, generally better. But I, like, the, the, like, real conditions of being alive haven't changed. Um, mm-hmm. but, like, that's why, that's why great old things are still great. Because to be alive in 1800 is, like, the same thing as it is now. We have coding now. Uh, and iPhones. But, I like... Yeah, people haven't really changed. So, no. what's... What's... I don't... So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a, like, not a great scientist in this way. I don't think we should just keep sciencing for knowledge. Knowledge mm-hmm. is great, but like let's let's just like things are pretty good in America, just as a whole on a whole, compared to most places and most times. Uh so let's just say like let's look at what we've got and uh try to yeah, like, we have so much money collectively, let's stop having people starve. Yeah. So, I, I sound like a communist in this episode, so I didn't, like, I didn't expect that coming in. Uh, communist or socialist? Socialist. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, I think what your, kind of your point is, is like, if the the common denominator for all times have been that people are there and that pretty they much need to live <laughs> right like people people value people i think like pretty much everybody can kind of agree with that i'm sure there's somebody out there who would disagree but i think a lot of almost everybody values people um and then it's just how do we kind of the dividing is like how do we how do we value them or, or not really how, but like, how do we express that value? I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where there's a lot of lines drawn, um, where one group thinks that they have a better way of valuing or showing that value to another. Um, but yeah. And I think what's interesting with the trend that we see, right. With this optimization and coding and automation is right. It's things are starting to move away from, from people um we see so much is just done automatically for us like i don't have to do things anymore um and and it just seems like the trend is that we're moving like i mean think about just like our interactions with people um it's very very different probably the thing that has changed the most since I don't know, in the last hundred years. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm just literally talking right now, so who knows? I've done no background research. But, like, in a lot of ways, it has. At least at least the last 30 years. How about that? Yeah. Sure. Um, but, but in a way that hasn't happened before, right? Or, or yeah, I don't know. It just seems... It just seems very different. Um, we don't 
in a sense, we've lost our way of connecting with the people around us in the way that it used to be. Right. It's, you know, it's kind of like the whole thing about getting people like living. Do you know what Ready Player One is? Uh, it's a book. Yeah. Someone recommended it to me over Thanksgiving. So the world is a mess. So people just live in their own kind of fantasy world. Like somehow we're almost, we're almost there mm-hmm. uh, without virtual reality. We just have phones and computers tell us what we should do and what we should read and then we do. And right. We talk to other people only through our computers. Well, yeah, that things got a lot more dystopian than I thought they would. Right, yeah. Um, wasn't expecting to get here. Um, I feel like we should kind of end it on a, a encouraging note. Um, how do how do we bring all these back together and encourage them about coding slash? Well, if you want to be ahead of the curve and. Uh, <laughs> less likely to be jobless and on the street. Learn how to code. Um, uh, that's not a guarantee that you're going to get a job, by the way. I said less likely. Okay. It, how about it'll make you more marketable? Ugh, that's a terrible word, though. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, coding is good to know. It's good to learn, but don't get uh, don't get lost don't get lost in it, yeah. yeah. Remember that uh, people do exist. People are bad at being optimized. And when people have tried in the past, things usually mm-hmm. things usually go poorly. Yeah. So let's, uh, to me, let's, let's look at what we've got and try to make the best of it for everyone. Right, and, and not only that, but just like, be aware of what's going on. I think it's easy to kind of get caught in my bubble of, of what my situation looks like. And I fail to see what others, um, others Mm -hmm. around me look like, um, and how I can, you know, change that. Yeah. Being unaware. uh, Can I, we've been apolitical ish. Can talk, you can, can I, try. You can okay, do it. Some people have been talking. Some people, when I say some people, I mean senators, uh, have been talking about the tax bill in a way that's just outrageous. Like, uh-huh. people are like, "Oh, if you're not rich because you spend money on people, spend money on women, uh, booze, and movies." What? What? That's not why people are poor. I mean, maybe that's why like some people are poor. But that's that's not the reason everyone isn't a millionaire, right? Um, so like, just be just be aware about other people and how they live. And I, and I think even better than being aware is like just talk to people. Um, I was like, I was talking with a group of people earlier this week, and it's like, I'm basically if I if I just look at somebody and try to figure out their situation, I'm just gonna end up probably getting it wrong and just end up judging them, right? But if I just sit and listen to them um, and and hear where they're coming from, um, 
much more likely to gain that perspective and the proper perspective. Um, and also just like, again, show that you're valuing and caring people, caring about people. It's like way better than just listening is way better than just presuming and judging, which That's seems kind of obvious, <laughs> which seems obvious, but like it, it, it saying it out loud seems ridiculous, but how many times is it just like you go throughout your day and that's just like, Oh, why, why do I need to ask them? I can just guess what's going on and probably just get it wrong. But really listening is much more valuable. Right. So do we want to do, uh, some recommendations to wrap things up? Yeah. Recommendations. Um, I don't really know how these, if there's rules to the recommendations, but, no um, rules. all right, excellent. So I was trying I, to, I was thinking, recommend a legal thing. I, okay. I'm not going to recommend illegal <laughs> things. I was trying to think earlier this week, what my recommendation was going to be, because I thought like rule, there was a rule that it had to be like some kind of book or media, which may yeah. end up being Austin's, but I don't read books as prolifically as austin does i don't think i used that word correctly maybe i did no anyways that's fine here here's my recommendation um and i'll kind of give a little backstory to explain it so for thanksgiving we got together with our family and literally like i don't know maybe i probably had close to 20 conversations with different family members that were the exact same thing about just me telling them where I am in life and what I've been doing since the last time I seen them. Now, granted we have a large family, but, um, I still had that conversation a lot. Um, so my recommendation is Christmas cards, write Mm. Christmas cards to your friends and family to keep them updated on what you're doing in your life. And maybe, you're not living in a completely different state than the rest of your family. And so you see them a lot, but, um, who knows what the future is going to hold. And maybe someday you will and, uh, be good practice to get in the, uh, get in the tradition of writing cards. So I plan to write some Christmas cards this year. We'll see if that happens. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, that's my recommendation for this week. My recommendation is some media. Uh, so it, it fits in well. Yeah, it fits in well with what you recommended. I wanted to recommend a book, um, but I wanted it not to be by a Russian. <laughs> and I couldn't, because uh, right now I'm just I'm just rereading The Idiot. Um, nice. So I, I decided to recommend some music this time. Um, the Head and the Heart, just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh Especially what Adrian said, they they seem to write music that comes from a place that I am in. Hmm. They have left home and they don't know how they feel about it. Um, sometimes they're sad about it. Sometimes they're kind of happy about it, um, but they don't really know. And they're kind of stuck in kind of going back and forth between those two things. Um, hmm. And they don't know how to always express how they feel about things. I was listening to Lost in my mind and I felt like I got like got it for the first time. Um, 
because the, the verse, chorus, whatever one they say, you know, how is that bridge, how's that brick lane going? Mm-hmm. How's your engine running? Is the bridge getting built or your hands getting filled? Um, to me, I, like I was thinking, oh, it's just a fun song, but it's like, I was thinking mm-hmm. of it as him or they like being at their hometown or with family and that's like all they can talk about. Like mm-hmm. my uncles, I want to talk to them, but I always end up talking to them about my car. <laughs> it's something that's easy to talk about. And my old car especially just had all kinds of problems. And then I get to complain about my car and they get to give me advice. So we're both happy at the end of the conversation. Um, but they're like, there's so much more going on in my mind and I'm sure there's so much more going on in everyone's mind that I talk to. Mm-hmm. But all we can talk about, like, all we end up talking about is, oh, did you see that bridge got finished up over there? Or, oh, how's your car running? Um, so, yeah, I, that's not, I don't know if that's, like, happy, but it, like, it's music that's kind of comforting to me because then it's like, oh, yeah, these people know what I'm talking about. They mm-hmm. know where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a similar situation, if you have uh, left your family and your friends live, um, your friends will all be gone. I'm trying to get the lyrics worked in here, but <laughs> the tense is wrong, so it didn't work out. Yeah, not quite. Um, it's a good song, though. I recommend The Head and the Heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good. That was, um... This was a a different episode. I, I enjoyed it. We started one place, ended at a completely different place. Yeah. Um, but I think that's good. I think it's, uh, good. And I like our recommendations. So, if you, uh... want to join the revolution, leave comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you also like the head and the heart, or Christmas cards, yeah, if you, yeah. Let us know. If you're a programmer and think that I'm completely wrong about deep learning, let me know. Uh, you're probably right. Like I'm straw manning it, I'm sure. But uh, nah, that's okay. That's how you win arguments. Most people who are listening <laughs> probably won't understand. I mean, yeah, I don't want to judge, but. Well, anyways, anyway. we'll wrap this up before I insult all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, thank you for, for joining us, and I uh, hope you have a good week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.